listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Thursday, the 1st of June 2023. Later, shares turn green after that deal to lift the US debt ceiling. But first, ahead of tomorrow's minimum wage increase decision, Workers are being warned not to expect employers to match inflation when it comes to pay. Recruiters at Hayes says only two-thirds of bosses say they'll bump up salaries by more than 3%. 10% of employers plan to increase pay by at least 7%, while only 3% say they'll increase wages by 10% or more. Raina Bosch spoke with Hayes Managing Director Matthew Dickerson for more. Yeah, so interesting, uh, yeah, a, a large proportion of the employers that we surveyed said that they were looking to increase pay rates over the next 12 months, 95%, which was a significant increase from last year's survey. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, 66% of them actually said that they were looking to increase pay rates above 3%. 13% that said that they were going to increase pay rates above seven percent as well so you know not a large proportion of them but it is a significant move in the market and we are seeing a lot of employees trying to do the best they possibly can to address some of the challenges that their employees are facing from a cost of living crisis and what kind of employees are getting those pay rises is it existing employees or those that are new to the job uh both really um so skilled professionals uh, are, are in demand. We definitely have a skill shortage in the marketplace. I know the government's used and also we use in some other parts, we probably call it a skills crisis to some extent. Uh, so both you know, existing employers, employees um, are looking for pay rises. And interestingly enough, 65% of all the employees that we surveyed said that they were going to ask for pay rises over the next 12 months. So, you know, it is existing employees as well as um, people who are moving jobs. So people are moving jobs for higher rates um, as they seek to, um, to essentially be rewarded for the skills that they have. Now, I know you mentioned before that some employers are offering as much as 7% to employees, but with the bulk of them coming in below this and with inflation up around 6.8%, are people expected to be happy with this? I mean, I think, you know, overall, in reality, few employers can actually match the high levels of inflation that we're we're seeing. Um, we know that only 28% of professionals are actually satisfied with their current salary, um, and 71% of them say that their current salary doesn't match um, their individual performance. I think employers are doing everything they possibly can to support their staff through this cost of living crisis, as well as understanding you know the skill shortage that we have in the marketplace. Uh, but I don't, you know, it doesn't look like from the data that employers are going to be able to stretch to what we're seeing from an overall cost of living increase perspective. They're doing what they can, but they still have limited budgets to operate within. So why are employers offering these pay increases and what other incentives are available? So I think there's four main reasons why employers are looking um, at increasing pay rates. The first one being competition. So we're in a skills crisis or skills shortage. And the result of that, that competition is kind of driving a, a, an increase in wage for skilled professionals, people with, with experience. The second one is the ripple effect of falling real wages within the marketplace. 
and employers are trying to do what they can to support employees within that environment. Thirdly, and quite interestingly, I think also there's a transparency that's coming through with some of the regulation changes and that as well, where employees are looking at pay disparities within organizations. And as a result, employers are looking to address some of those pay disparities that exist within the market today. And then the final point, which I raised a bit earlier, was 65% of all of the employees surveyed said that they were willing to ask for pay changes um, over the next 12 months. So they feel that they've got more bargaining power overall. Um, And I think from an employer perspective, it's not just pay rates. Um, They're looking at how do we do kind of broader packages and how do we address some of those challenges through um, added benefits, some of the intangible benefits. Um, So things like training, career progression opportunities. One of the things that we're actually seeing quite a lot of employees looking for is more paid leave. So more than 20 days paid leave is an area that they're particularly interested in. Um, They're thinking about well-being leave as well and some of the mental and health you know, from a well-being perspective as well. We're hearing often about the potential for a wage spiral. What is this report indicating in terms of the likelihood of that happening? I think if you look at the data, only 13% of the total number of employers that were surveyed said that they were going to raise wages above 7%. Uh, 95% said that they were going to raise wages at all, but only 13% they're going to raise above 7%. So the employers aren't typically able to uh, you know, address the total cost of living increase. And so you know, their budgets are stretching as far as they can. So whether or not that actually turns out into bridging the gap and therefore having um, an impact on CPI is questionable. I think employers are doing what they can to bridge the gap, but I don't think it's necessarily going to have an impact overall from an inflationary perspective. And finally, Matthew, for those people who are looking to ask for a pay rise, what are your tips? I think that there's a few things. Uh, if you're going to go and ask your employer for an increase, first, gather supporting evidence. Don't go in unprepared and understand what your value in the marketplace is. Um, so do your research, understand what typical salaries are so that you can demonstrate your own value within that and be able to demonstrate, you know, if you were moving out into another, how much you would be paid for that. The other thing is remain professional, go in prepared, right, um, which is a key key element of it. Don't be emotional. If you have to write down um, what you need to do in the evidence on a piece of paper so that you can go in and remain professional. Um, also, I think don't expect an immediate response. Um, so be patient. Don't expect an immediate response in, in the conversation. And in today's current market as well, I think what you need to understand is you need to be prepared to negotiate. So you, the employer may come back with a, a lower offer to what you actually ultimately wanted or with no pay increase. And so you need to think about actually how do I negotiate that? And as part of that negotiation exercise, you need to think about what's my fallback position? What's valuable to me? Are there other benefits that I could uh, negotiate outside of just pay um, that are meaningful to me? So think about your whole package as an employee. Rainer Bosch there speaking with Matthew Dickerson from Hayes. To the Australian share market now, which did rise, the S&P ASX 200 up 0.3% to 7,110 points. I spoke with Gemma Dale from NAB Trade for the day's market action. Oh, look, it's a fairly flat day. It's not terribly exciting, but obviously it was a pretty pretty nasty day yesterday on the ASX. It was 
read across the screen every sector was hurting. And I think after a day like that, everyone starts to settle down. There's not a lot of company news in the public domain at the moment. Everything's pretty quiet and volumes are pretty subdued as well. So it's fairly clear everyone's waiting for something to happen. We just need to know what that is. One thing that did happen early today was that um, the US debt ceiling approval, but was there any real doubt that it was not going to happen? We get this question every time, right? It's absolutely fascinating to watch. It's like this extraordinary game of brinkmanship. There's a lot of energy that goes into it. It's absolutely in politicians' best interest to look like they're talking tough on the debt ceiling. We're going to make sure the other guys don't spend too much or do enough to help the little person or whatever the story is. Everyone talks tough. We all know ultimately it is no one's best interest to see the US default. And so in that in that sense, you know they're going to come to some kind of agreement and there will be a bit of give and take here and there. But ultimately, if you're genuinely fearing a US default, you've got a lot of problems to worry about. And uh, I think we should always just assume they will come to some agreement. You know how you said a few moments ago that the market's probably waiting for something to happen. Could that one thing be that Reserve Bank interest rate meeting next week? What's the market expecting, especially following yesterday, stronger than anticipated inflation numbers? Yeah, this is where things are getting really, really pointy. So you can see cash rate futures ticking up. They've certainly increased over the week. And so at the moment, the market is pricing in a further increase, more than they were pricing in previously, but expectations are a little bit below 4.1%. They're not quite at the 25 basis point increase just yet. NAB's calling for at least another 25 basis points and possibly two increases. So this expectation of where terminal rates is, is ticking higher. I think there will be far fewer people surprised next week if there is is an uplift in rates. And really most people looking at July or August that maybe the pause, pause isn't happening. Finally, uh, on the broader market, the uh, S&P ASX 200 is actually one of the worst performing uh, markets among its peers, up around about 0.7% this year. The S&P 500 in the US is up um, a a lot more. The the European stock, 600, 6.3%. Japan's Nikkei um, up 18.5%. Why? And does that mean there are better opportunities offshore? Yes, such a good question. There's so many different factors at play, right? So probably the most important thing is the ASX is roughly flat for the year. However, you do need to take your in your dividends into consideration, right? So in all of those other markets, dividends are almost irrelevant. You might be talking maybe a 1% yield. Here we're talking yield above 4%. Then you add franking credits from a tax perspective. So you've already got a reasonable rate of return just on your income side. The other thing is the US had a shocking year last year. The NASDAQ was off 30% peak to trough. It was absolutely terrible. It's come back really strongly this year, but I'm talking about the NASDAQ NASDAQ specifically because there's so much heat in the AI sector at the moment. NVIDIA has become a $1 trillion company, which is just incredible, just off the back of an upgrade talking about AI. All of this is potential rather than actuality. And so for so many investors, this is just heat coming back into the market in a very spec in particular, and whether or not investors are getting that experience across the market is an entirely different consideration. Uh, If you talk about the S&P 495, the other stocks outside those top five, you're just not seeing that growth, right? So there are pockets of incredible opportunity, but there are certainly those who feel they're a bit overheated at the moment. Australia is much less exciting on that front, but it's solid. It's okay. Gemma Dale there from NADTRADE. 
This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Music